It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. Welcome on into the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. <laughs> yes. Today's show presented by our friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. Promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. And I tell you what, you should be pulling for the Tigers tomorrow. Uh, of course, no matter what, because uh, if you're listening to this, you're, you're probably an Auburn fan. But if the Tigers score more than 85 points, you can use promo code AUBALL85 to get your uh, delivery half off if you've already used that FetchMe20 coupon. But yeah, these guys take care of their employees. You got to love that. And they take care of... Uh, the folks that and choose them, yeah, they're yes, they're homies, absolutely, absolutely. They're the only food delivery service that allows their customers to order anything they want and have the longest delivery hours in town. This podcast is going up on Friday. They are open late on Friday and Saturday, so hard to beat that. Hard to beat that. So we love our friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. Once again, use promo code Fetch Me Twenty for your first delivery free. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Michael, Zach, it's time for another uh, another list episode. Every time that you do that read when I'm sitting in here and I'm in a good mood, yeah, you're like, "Our people at Fetch Me Home Delivery," and I'm in my head. I go, "It's not road delivery." Then I'm like, "Wait, you don't have to be at home to get Fetch Me Delivery." That's true. Like, if you're coming in town for anything, you can you you can they deliver at all the hotels. They deliver to uh, deliver to work. They they take care of you. Absolutely. All right, so today we are doing the, the top position battles heading into spring practice. This list was harder to put together than I thought it would be. I'm not lying to you. Because I was expecting to rely on a lot of the JUCO guys, but most of the JUCO guys aren't coming in till summer, so they don't really... That hadn't really been a thing the, the, this spring. So we'll... um. We're going to get things going 10 to 1 like normal. I'm going to be honest with you. I had no trouble putting this list together. Okay. And on top of that, I even have an honorable mention. Really? I have 11 in my list. Okay. Well, how about you start things off then with your honorable mention? My honorable mention is offensive tackle. That didn't make your top 10. No. Here's why. Like you said, a lot of the JUCO guys aren't getting in until summer. And the two guys that I think are going to start at tackle or have an incredible chance to start at tackle are both Juco guys. Uh, Killian Zaire, who's injured right now. Yeah, he's the only Juco guy that's here, but he's not. He's hurt. Yeah, he and tore his ACL in the fall. Uh, the other guy's Coffee, right? Brendan Coffee. Brendan Coffee, yeah. Yeah, and he's, uh, he's also got a shot. I mean, he's coming in the summer, though. And he'll, yeah, so uh, I do think it'll be interesting to see you know how these different – uh, guys that are on campus perform, whether it's Cam Stutz or Alec Jackson, Austin Troxel, I mean, any of these guys, Bradarius Ham. Um, a lot of those guys are guards, though. Yeah. So, 
I don't think the tackle battle is going to be that interesting here in the spring. All right, so I, I think this works out well. My number 10 is the tackle position, and I put it that low on the list for, for the same reasons. But as far as guys that have a chance to compete, you mentioned Osborne last, uh, last week, Justin Osborne. I think almost by default he'll have a chance there. But uh, I, I think Austin Troxel has a legitimate shot to start. So I, I think he'll start at one of the tackles in the spring game and in several of these scrimmages. And I think he's going to be able to have a leg up on some of these really talented, really highly touted JUCO guys that are coming in uh, in, in the summer. So we'll see how that plays out. Maybe Kamar Bell, maybe Prince Michael Sammons can move outside. Maybe they look at that. I don't know if they quite have that level of athletic ability to scoot Wait, outside. Sammons has got to be a tackle, right? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I think he's actually a guard. Do you have his he's, height and weight? Yeah, he's 6'7", 307. He's got to be a tackle. At 6'7"? Also, there's a guy... I, I think that's part of the issue. I mean, he's a guy that really... I think a lot of people expected him to take a big step last year, but Auburn had so many returning offensive linemen coming back. We don't really know what's behind those guys. That's true. That's true. And people have been really high on Bradarius Ham. Um, he's 6'5", 312. I imagine he's, that... He's a guard, though. Really? Mm-hmm. I've seen him and heard him talked about as both. Okay. Uh, I think he's a guy who's going to compete for all the starting spots um, and get one. There's a guy I on, agree. I, th- I think he starts next year. I agree. But I, I think it's a guard. There's a guy on the offensive line. She, so on the I printed out the official Auburn roster from 2019 and scratched out all the seniors and guys that left. Sure. They don't list them as guards, tackles, and centers. They just list them as O-linemen, which is unfortunate. But there's an O-lineman listed named David Shannon, who's a sophomore from Birmingham. He's listed at 6'7", 239. That's got to be a typo, right? I think he's a walk-on. I don't but think he's a scholarship six, guy. But 6'7", 239? That's lanky, man. That's like, I almost weigh 239. Mm-hmm. And you're not 6'7". I'm not. I'm like, but I'm not, I'm also not like a mass, I don't know. I feel like that's such a low weight, whatever. All right, so yeah, my number 10 is the offensive tackle position. Um, and I assume your guard position will be higher up on the list. It certainly is on, on mine. So we'll chat about that uh, coming up. All right, who is your, what's your number 10? Uh, my number 10 is defensive tackle number two. Okay, so who's the guy next to Truesdale? Yes. Yeah. Um, I put this so low on my list because while I think it is interesting, I think we all assume that all the guys competing for the starting spots are going to play a lot and that they're going to be good. So I'm not that concerned about it. All right. So who do you think the battle is between? Uh, Connus Miller, Daquan Newkirk. Okay. That it? I mean, pretty much. All right. Maybe, maybe one of these freshmen if they're in in town, but I don't think they are. Yeah, they're not. So okay. Yeah, I think that's basically it. Those two guys, and I think that. I mean, I I know you're really high on Newkirk. If I think Zakavi. I think Zakavius Walker has a shot to be one of those guys. The, this this position groups on my list, so I'll, I'll talk more about my opinions on it um, later in the episode, but. I think he's got a shot to move inside to be that three-technique tackle. But, 
Yeah, you're right. And as far as spring goes, that's going to be it. Dre Butler, the the top JUCO defensive lineman, committing to Auburn, but he's not going to be in in town until the summer. But I think there's some some chatter there. I think Auburn actually listed him as a defensive tackle on signing day, which surprised a lot of people. But he told reporters he's expected to be used a lot like Marlon Davidson was, playing outside, can scoot inside. I think he's going to have to play a little bit more inside just because I think Auburn needs a little bit more depth there. But, yeah, I, I think Connus Miller is an interesting guy to look at there. And, I mean, obviously if, if – um, New Kirk can stay healthy. That'll be a great situation for him. It'll be a great situation for Auburn and, and the defense as a whole. I agree. All right. My number nine position battle heading into spring for Auburn is the tight end. And I think the, it's pretty much going to be between Luke Deal and Tyler Fromm. There's been a lot of talk about increasing the usage of the tight end at Auburn's offense going into 2020. Certainly seems like that's what Chad Morris is going to want to do. My big question is, are there guys currently on the roster that are able to perform and you know say, hey, I am worth taking targets away from Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz and you know Matthew Hill and Eli Stove and Kobe Hudson even. And you know, hey, I, I'm it's worth throwing to me instead of running the football with Tank or DJ. So I don't know. I don't know if either of these guys have that level of it. I would say that John Samuel Schenker would be in this conversation, but he's hitting baseballs right now, and he's doing a pretty good job at it. So that is, um, that is my number nine position battle, is the tight end between Luke Deal and Tyler Fromm. Um, that is up a little bit higher on my list, but I basically agree with everything that you Same said. guys? Yeah, those two guys. You throw some other names in there? Um, if you do, hold it. But Yeah, I have... I have some other reasonings why it's a little higher on okay. my list. And cool. Yeah, the, the reason it's not on mine is I just, whoever it is, like, I don't think most fans are even going to notice it that much because I don't yeah. think they're going to be good enough to say, hey, you need to feature me in the passing game. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. My number nine is safety. Um, The reason being is because this is a battle. I mean, make no mistakes about it. However, I think we assume one of the safeties is going to be Smoke Monday, and I think we assume that the other one is going to do pretty well this season also. Um, Whether it's Jamie and Sherwood, who has experience from this past season, uh, Zion Puckett, they were really high on last season as a true freshman. Yeah, Uh, They've got a lot of options, and then they've got the guys coming in. I mean, the freshmen coming in, that are here already. Ladarius Tennyson is a defensive back, although I think he's the guy that was more of a uh, a slot corner was where they were thinking that they were going to play him uh, kind of like the star position, like Robinson Therese. And then the guy I'm really excited about, Chris Thompson Jr. Mm-hmm. And that's not even a Texas plug. He's the guy that I actually think could get playing time this year. Yeah. But the positions that I'm just kind of like, I think they're going to be whoever they put in there is going to do an adequate job. And maybe it's just that I'm so high on Kevin Steele and the defensive coach's coaching ability that I'm just like, 
eh, it's a battle, but like whoever they throw out there is going to perform. Uh, so the safety position is not on my list because I don't think it's a battle. Okay. Um, I, I think your starters are Smoke and Sherwood. And I think that's it. I have other positions that are a little more technical on the list that we'll get to in a second. And I think all of those guys that you mentioned are definitely uh, definitely in the thick of it. You good there? You want me to go now? Yeah, yeah you're right. good. My number eight is the backup quarterback position. And I know that I bet this is pretty high up on yours because of your boy Sawyer. Sawyer uh, but, no, wrong. Okay, good for you. He's right. not on campus. Oh, it is fair much, enough. It is much higher up on my list, but not because of Sawyer Pate. I love you, Sawyer. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so uh, obviously I think this is between Court Sandberg and Chael Garnett. I think it's going to be interesting to see um, who who steps up. Does Auburn put more of an emphasis on the future, the wild card of Garnett, or do they kind of go with a guy that has been a part of the system for a few years, knows the offense, and it seems like he's kind of become a mentor to Bo Nix. It seems like he's very capable of understanding the offense in Court Sandberg, but as far as execution, I think he's physically limited in some regard, but still an athletic, older guy. I think Cord will win the backup quarterback job, but that'll be a, it'll be fun to see that because I bet we see a lot of that at A Day between Garnett and Cord. So yeah, all right. So backup quarterback is my number eight position battle to watch. My number eight is long snapper. I'm I'm kidding. That was a joke. Sorry, everyone knows Clark Smith's coming back. <laughs> Thank you. At least you laughed at that one. Number eight, uh, I've got defensive end. Uh, this one kind of falls into the same scope as the other defensive positions for me right now. All right, so who do you have the battle between? At defensive end, I'm confused. Okay, sorry. Uh, Jaron Handy, I-, I think we assume that it's going to be Big Cat. I'm a little confused about who they listed as bucks and who they list as defensive ends and what the real difference is. I think you've got to put Colby Wooden in that discussion. Um, Derek Hall, TD Moultrie, there's just a lot of guys and a lot of guys that we we know have a lot of talent. I think it's going to be interesting to see um, in the 8A game and throughout spring practice how they're using these guys, who's getting the first team reps and things like that. And then Zykevius Walker, like you talked about, who's coming in here in the spring. Um, I, I think he's got a good shot. And then you, probably your favorite player in the class, Romello Height mm-hmm. at Buck. So, again, I don't really understand i know the buck i think the buck is supposed to be more of a true pass rusher but i guess nick Coe was the starting buck last fall yeah he and he it, played it's, all it's the outside the... linebacker that they put on the line okay um it is a three four outside linebacker so, so I a guess... lot of it's teeing off a lot of it is manipulating you know matchups and coverage yeah. and then um you know every now and then they'll drop a guy so i guess it's defensive end slash buck is one of the two ends of the line okay not defensive tackle <laughs> fair enough all right cool i have uh, a similar entry on my list uh, farther down number seven for me is really that that third or fourth wide receiver I mean, you're, you're bringing most of your uh, your heavy pass catchers back. But I have it between Kobe Hudson, Matthew Hill, and Eli Stove. I think um, I don't think all three of those guys can play a lot in this offense. I think it's going to be one of those guys stepping up. As far as age and how Malzahn has leaned towards guys in the past, I expect Eli Stove to kind of get a little bit of his role back. 
But if Kobe Hudson is as good and as natural of a, a guy, a quick, shifty wide receiver as people are saying he is, I think he has a chance to come in and, and, and really steal some playing time for some of these older wide receivers. So I'm going to say Kobe Hudson passes Matthew Hill in playing time, and I think he makes a push at Eli Stove's job. Interesting. So this is the, like the slot receiver. Yeah, it's listed. I believe it's listed as flanker on his depth chart. But like, yeah, or yeah, there's like slot and big slot. I don't know, whatever. Um, yeah, I'm with you. That's much higher up on my list. Okay. So. Number seven for me is tight end. We talked a little bit about this earlier. Um, I actually felt like I had this pretty low, considering how much we've heard about the tight end position. And I was ready to come in here and be like, well, I think, I, well, I have this so low because I think the two best guys at the position aren't coming until the summer, that being Pegues and uh, the six seven kid from Texas who's a true freshman whose name I just forgot. Yeah. Um, but – Brandon Frazier. Brandon Frazier, yeah. yeah. Um, but then you had it at like nine. Um, I do think it is going to be interesting to see how Deal and Fromm have come back from their injuries and see if one of those guys can really solidify themselves as like, I'm the best tight end on the roster. One of you freshmen, come take my job. Mm-hmm. So that's why I put them number seven. And because I'm I'm much more worried about whether or not those two tight ends can can perform on the field than I am about any of the guys, any of the other guys that are on the list, the defensive ends, safeties, or defensive tackles. Like those positions, I'm pretty confident, are still going to be good positions for Auburn. The tight end, we just know so little about that, and we've already talked about it so much with um, Chad Morris coming in that I, I feel like that's going to be a, a, a big position to watch. So what do you think the upside for the tight end is this spring? I mean, what's the best case scenario? If I'm a player or a fan? Uh, I guess fan. I mean, just as far as the Auburn pro football program taking a step forward, what's the best case scenario involving a tight end? One of these guys is way better than the other one. Okay. I mean, obviously you could say like, um, Luke Deal and Jake, or not Jake, uh, Luke Deal and uh, Tyler from Tyler from are both incredible. They're Gronk and Hernandez and blah blah blah. Uh-huh. Like, let's be real with no murders, correct? Yeah. Obviously, don't I mean, murder anyone. I'm talking about at Florida, sure. Well, well, <laughs> sorry, that <laughs> gets a little dicey when you really break um, it down, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my train of thought now. I'm so um, sorry. Yes, obviously that is, you know, out of this world, but it's just not – I don't think that you can – like, I don't think that's feasible in today's world, that you'd have two out-of-this-world tight ends on the same team. And so when when you look at it, of the two of them, if one of them ends up being one of the best tight ends in the league, which realistically wouldn't be that difficult because the league doesn't have a ton of great tight ends. Yeah, the bar's kind of low. Yeah. Because um, be, Iowa's not in the SEC. Correct. Yeah. That would be a home run, right? And so if one of these guys it'd has be, It would really be a home run if it was, it was John, John Samuel, Samuel Shanker. Whoa! <laughs> uh so realistically, <laughs> if one of these guys <laughs> can step up and be and show that they're significantly better than 
the other guy, like I said, and, and be like, hey, fresh, highly touted freshman coming in, come take my job, then I think that would be a, a really, really good situation for an Auburn fan or an Auburn person covering – well, probably not a person covering the team because position battles are easy to talk about. But <laughs> right. All right, cool. Like if one of these guys comes out and has like eight catches for 100 yards at A-Day, it's just gonna, like – It's over. That's it. You're it's done. over. That's, yeah. a, that's all you do all summer is talking about tight ends in the passing game. Yeah, and talking about how that guy's the starter. And like, so that would be great. If sure. they both have five catches for 50 yards, then everyone's like, eh? is it just the scheme? Yeah. Are they even good? Right. And then it's like, can you put them both on the field at the same time? Like, can you do that at the college level? Yeah. If you want to run the football, that'd be kind of awesome, but I just don't think it'll happen. All right. That was your number seven, right? Yes, it was. My number six is the position battle for the dime defensive back. You stop it right now. Why? My number six is cornerback. Okay. Kind of the same thing. We have so much in common. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. All right, so ever since his freshman year, I thought Jordan Peters was actually pretty solid. But for some reason, he kind of keeps getting buried in the depth chart. So obviously, Kevin Steele and the defensive coaches know so much more about it than me, but... Can he kind of, can he be the dime guy, or is it going to be a young guy? I mean, you mentioned Zion Puckett. He got a lot of chatter as a true freshman. Or is it going to be these young guys coming in? You mentioned Ladarius Tennyson and Chris Thompson Jr. Earlier in our conversation, can, can one of these guys pass an upperclassman like Jordan Peters on the depth chart? For whatever reason it is, he has not gotten as much playing time as I thought he would playing in the middle of the field. So... He knows the defense. You would think he's been around it for a long time. And I, if I remember correctly, I mean, he was like the 23rd or 24th guy in a class the year he came in. So I think he was kind of the similar, similar kind of guy to Daniel Thomas. And it's just they have latched on to Daniel Thomas a lot more. So I wonder, I'm, I'm just kind of wondering, does he get buried by some of these younger guys? And if so, you know, how does he respond to that? But I think that's something to watch. Yeah. I totally agree, and I think that the depth at the defensive back position is absurd. I mean, a name that neither of us have even said. How about Devin Barrett? I mean, I understand you're probably going to roll your running back. Yeah. yeah, he's not playing, man. He's a special teams guy, and that may be true. But obviously, he's incredibly athletic, and I also am not a huge fan of you saying failed running back. Like you wouldn't say Noah Ibnogni is a failed wide receiver just because they moved him to de- defensive back. It's not the same thing, but okay. Um, I'm and, and I don't necessarily. Noah think, moved positions and started right away. Yeah, it was like what six practices later or something. It's crazy. Yeah, that was absurd. He's a freak. Yeah. Apparently, he told someone he's going to run a four two. I hope so. Uh, that would be unbelievable. We are the official podcast of Noah Monogamy. Oh wow. Um. Anyway, I don't think Devin Barrett's going to play. I'm just saying, like, that's another name to throw into the ring of a very athletic guy. Um, Jordan Peters, like you said, Malcolm Askew, Jacoby Mm -hmm. Puckett. Okay. I'm excited about Roger McCreary. That's worth saying. Um, Devin Geis is just another name that's on this list that I'm reading. Don't even know who that is. Okay. But – yeah, so I, I do think that this is going to be really exciting, whether it's for that number two cornerback slot, which I guess could be somewhere on your list because you were mostly talking about um, the dime guy. So is the, is the dime guy the number four? 
The dime guy is when you have one linebacker and Auburn goes four defensive linemen and then everything else is defensive backs. So six defensive backs? Yes. Oh, I was just talking about when they were on five defensive backs. Who's going to be? So that's your nickel. Yeah. When you take a linebacker off and put a defensive back in there, that is your nickel back. Okay. I'm – because there's five defensive backs. And so then when you take another linebacker out and put another defensive back on the field, you do that on like third and 15 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And And they put Owen Papo at linebacker, and they just have a bunch of safeties and Why is that called dime? I don't know. It's what it is. Interesting. Okay. Um. I'm interested to see who the nickel is and who the number two corner is. I know you think it's going to be Pritchett, right? Yeah. You think it's going to be Pritchett. I think it's going to be a guy who's not on campus in the spring. Um, So I do think it's going to be an interesting position battle to watch in the spring because Pritchett could lock it down. I mean, Pritchett could have a great spring. Tut could have a great spring. Um, We could see Jordan Peters have a – I mean, these guys have an opportunity right now before – Domeo, Domeo's on campus, and they can really solidify their spots and their positions before um, this Juco prospect comes in. Although I, I like the Juco prospect still. All right, we're going to cut our conversation right there. We will pick this back up on Tuesday for our top five. Always enjoy doing this. Hope you have a good weekend, buddy. Thank you, Zach. I'm excited. I'm going to a little party here on Saturday. Yeah, baby shower tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, it'll be a party. We're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. Sweet, sweet Charlotte. She is going to be partying as well. Where uh, where can people find you and hear you? Uh, Tomorrow they can find me in one of my least favorite places in the world, the Eastern Time Zone. And uh, on Twitter, (laughs) at CouchPapTato. Read my uh, basketball analysis on ESPNAU.com. I'd appreciate it. Fantastic. I'm on Twitter at ZBlackerby. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.